Well, good morning. It's nothing like uh, starting off a service with uh, good music and continuing it throughout and uh, just uh, being able to glorify God through that, through that way. And um, I just welcome you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, just going to talk today. Today, the whole theme has been about glory and glorifying God and, and doing that in our lives and, and not just being here at church and, and singing and praising Him on Sunday, but, but doing this throughout our lives all the time. And um, like Tammy just said, it's happy back to school week, happy back to school week for the kids, happy back to school week for me, being a teacher, and really happy back to school week for all the parents. So I know you are excited to get rid of them and get them back into school at least for a few hours out of the day, not have to worry about babysitting and all that business. But, um, you know, we're all so busy. This summer, I'm blessed because I teach, so I do, I only get paid for 190 days, so the rest of the time, I'm just off. All right, I'm off mentally and physically, but um, I'm off all throughout the summer, and so I get, a, I get time um, when I'm not at camp or in Guatemala or things like that. When I'm, when I'm at home, I get a lot of time to spend with my kids, and, and Georgia started a new job where she's working hospital hours, so some, some of those hours will be from like seven, I mean like three in the afternoon to 11 at night, so we don't see her. The great kids don't see her, and so if she's not home, well, I cook a lot, but sometimes when she's not here home, we don't eat. So <laughs> luckily I have a wonderful mother, and she invites us over, and, and we go over there, and we get fed pretty well. If anybody knows my mom, you know that we get fed pretty well. So I spend a lot of my time uh, during the summer with them and, and just having fun with them. We're usually uh, just hanging out at the house or jumping on the trampoline or going to mom's where you can spend the entire day there. So, But one particular night I, I spent there, and... Um, they're inside playing. They tend to themselves pretty well. And mom and dad have a pool. And so I'm, I say, well, nobody's in the pool. It's late at night. I'm just going to go in there and, and just kind of have some man time. Okay, that's kind of weird. Uh, some alone time. So I'm in there in the pool, uh, sitting there. Have you ever just laid in the back of the pool, laid on your back, but just your ears are covered? You know what I'm talking about? And you can't hear anything. All right, so it's a beautiful night. They live out in South Congaree. There's nothing out there. You look up into the stars and you see just God's creation, God's beauty, how amazing it is, the universe that he's created. And so I'm sitting there, laying on my back, I hear nothing, and then I just feel God all of a sudden just say to me, Brad, how did you glorify me today? Have you ever heard God say that? God asked that. God asked you a question, what did you do for me today? How did you glorify to me today? So as I feel him say that to me, I submerge myself quickly, and uh, then I try to pop up and regain my buoyancy, and, um, and, and I try to think, you know, God, what did I do today? You know, I think we, we got up, we ate breakfast, we watched TV for like 50 hours, then we, you know, drove around. Um, you know, I didn't do anything for you today. I, I can't think of one thing that I did, and, and it really just broke my heart knowing that here I am, sitting here in this, in this beautiful place, looking at the majesty of the heavens that our God has created. And I don't think I did a single thing for him that, that, that day. And I don't know if any of y'all have ever sat back and thought about that and thought about your life. And, and so as I was thinking about this and Pastor Harmon asked me to, to preach, I just felt like this is what I need to talk about today. And um, if you turn in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, 11 through 12, there's just two verses, uh, two verses that I've read before. I've read them plenty of times when, when reading through the Bible. And and, and these verses I've, I've gotten out of them, yes, I need to glorify Jesus. I need to glorify him in my life. But I never really looked at what God's trying to teach us. Now, we want to just kind of break these two down and look at what God 
is teaching us? What does he want us to do in our lives? So if, you, if you're there, um, and I'll read from various versions throughout the, the day. So this is ESV. So Second uh, Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12. And it says, To this end we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so there's, there's so many things here. At the end, it just says, you know, what, what are we supposed to do? What is our calling in life? It is to, to glorify Jesus Christ, you know, to glorify him in everything that we do and everything that we say. In all of our life, we should glorify him, whether we're at work or school or in church, anywhere we are, we need to glorify him. And, and let me just, these four things. The first one is, is that God may make you worthy of his calling. God make you worthy of his calling. Second, that God may fulfill every resolve or, or every purpose for good. And the third one, that God may fulfill every work of faith by his power. And then lastly, that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. You know, this is our purpose. This is our duty um, as Christians. This is what God has called us to do. You know, like I said, I've read these verses, um, you know, maybe not a million times, but a few times. And, and God wants to show us how to do these things. And so let's look at the first one. In verse 11, that God may make you worthy of his calling. You know, what is God's calling? What is God's calling, and, and how do we become worthy? Well, well his calling is, is pretty simple. His calling is that, if you read in here, if you read at the very, is that we should be called to him and called eventually to his kingdom. He's calling to make us into something that is worthy to be with him for eternity. Yeah, I don't know if you know about heaven, but... It's pretty perfect. There's nothing, you know, no sin, no death, no dying, no crying, all that stuff. It's perfect. And God wants to make us so that we can be ready to be there for him. And so uh, we're called to share in this kingdom, to share in this glory. And and I want to read you um, a verse here. And it says, well, if I can find the verse. um, let Let me read through this. It says, your calling is to be part of God's kingdom and glory. We are not merely here just to entertain God and simply live and die, but we are made and called by him, the creator of the universe, to be part of his kingdom. And, and in 1 Thessalonians 2.12, it says, We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. God's called us to share, to share in his kingdom, to share in his glory. From the time we're born to the time we go to be with him, God is trying to make us worthy enough to be there. And then the way he did that, is through Jesus Christ, through his atoning sacrifice for us. And in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says that God has been patient with us, not wanting any of us to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. You know, and, and that's how we become worthy. You know, we, we become worthy by allowing Jesus to transform us. If, if you've, if you, who's ever done remodeling in their house? I'm sure everybody's done something. Well, um, I'm an excellent remodeler, master craftsman, and, uh, Two and a half years ago, I started tearing our bathroom out, got the kitchen, got the, uh, everything out, everything, gutted the whole thing, put up the walls, put the bathtub in, the toilet, floor, the sink, not in that order, and uh, forgot to paint for two years or caulk or anything like that So because it was functioning. It was good. Um, I do have a plan in mind of what it should look like, and, it, and in about two more years, it should match that plan. So we're working on that. So... The good thing about when you hire a real contractor, he usually has blueprints and plans and pictures and things of what it should look like. And, uh, and, and eventually, you'll get to that finished product. With God, it's the same way with us. 
God has a blueprint, a plan, a picture of what our lives should look like and what we will look like when he's through with us, right? He has that for us, and he's going to keep working on us and keep building us up and making us who we need to be until that day when we meet him. And in Romans 12, 2, and you've heard this verse, but, but I want you to think about your life. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God wants to make us not like we are today. He wants to not even just a little bit tweak us, but he wants to totally rip out all of that old, dirty, nasty stuff, take it away, and fill it up with him and his love and his mercy and his grace. That's how God will make us worthy one day. And, and do I do that on my own? No, I can't, I can't even fix a bathroom. You know, I can't fix myself. You know, God, God is the only one that can do that through his power, through his strength, through his love and his mercy and his grace. It's the way that we are transformed and made worthy. All right, so let's move on to the second, second point, that God may fulfill every resolve for good. You know, resolve. I want to resolve something. I want to, I want to finish it. I want to complete it. You know, and God wants to do things that are for good, that are in his plan, his way. Uh, my way, many times, is not God's way. All of our ways. You know, if I think about just the, this past week, all the things that I, that I did, all the things that, all the time that I've wasted just doing this or that, excuse me, this or that, and not following God's will in my life, that happens quite often, probably with all of us, where we get caught up in life, caught up with, with what's going on. But God wants us to fulfill his purpose. Um, you know, how many times do we, you know, think about your own life. How many times do you stay focused on God 24-7? Nobody. Nobody is that good. Even the monks that sit in a room and pray to God all day, at least sometime in their life, they're going to think about something else, right? It's impossible. It's impossible for us to do that. But God is able to, to use us no matter what. He's able to use us and to show us where he needs to use us, what our purpose is, and allow us to be used in any way he sees fit. And what it says in his word here is that in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God will give us what we need to do his work. I'm seeing Rob here, I'm looking at him, and uh, thinking about Guatemala. We're, we're not the most athletic people in the world. Uh, and so we, as we're carrying a 40-pound fence post up a 300-foot incline, uh, Rob says, you know, Brad, this is why we're school teachers. So, <laughs> so, so as we're going up and down, about to die, um, we know our gifts and our limitations. But, but we knew, I knew in my heart that I could carry two of those posts up every time. <clears throat> but God knew that I could only carry one. And he gave me the strength and the ability to do that. And, and that's how God is. He knows what I can do. And, and he knows what I can't do. He's going to give me the ability to do what I need to do to make his purpose complete. And, and when we look at that, it just comes to, it comes to one thing. You know, are we obeying God or are we disobeying God in our lives? In everything that we do, in every choice we make, in, in every um, opportunity that we have, you know, there are times... All throughout my life, I can look back and I can say, you know, I didn't do what God asked me to do here. Or I can look and say, I did do what God wanted me to do here. And, and, and if your life, no matter what you're doing in your life, if you're doing God's will, you're doing the right thing. 
You're doing what's going to make you happy because it makes him happy and it glorifies him. And that's how one, another way that we glorify him through our lives is by doing his will. And if we're on the same page, everything's going to work out. It might not be easy. It might not be fun. It might be about carrying a fence post up a mountain. But God is going to make it amazing and glorify himself through what we do. So moving on. God, the next thing is that God may fulfill, and these kind of, they all tie together, God may fulfill every work of faith by his power and his power alone. If I do something and, and I take all the credit, am I glorifying God? No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not giving him anything back. But only through, through humbling ourselves and allowing God to be revealed through whatever we do, whatever we say, however we act, is how we glorify him as well. And it, and it says here in in 1 Peter 4.11, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. You know, we must allow ourselves uh, to trust God, to let him work through us, knowing that he is in control. Uh, when I first became a Christian, I can remember, um, I can remember wanting to, to talk to my best friend, uh, he just just a young guy, and I wanted to tell him about about Jesus. I want to tell him how I had changed. But I can remember sitting with him. We're at we're at Silver Lake. I remember Silver Lake, that old swimming hole up there. So uh, we were up there together. I can remember trying to tell him, yeah, trying to invite him to church, and that's all I could really get out. But I wanted to tell him what had changed in my life. But I remember being scared, like like I would say the wrong thing, or I would stumble, or he would think I was the weirdest thing ever which really wouldn't be a far stretch. But, you know, I was scared to say those things. But God promises us in our lives, no matter what situation comes up, that he's going to be there, and he's going to give us what we need. Um, and, and, and in the Bible it says, in Matthew ten nineteen, it says, Do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time you will be given what to say. We are blessed beyond any blessing to have Jesus Christ, his spirit in us. No other religion in the world boasts anything like that. To have God inside of you, showing you how to go, showing you what to do. You know, I don't have to follow all these little rituals and things and have this check off and to-do list, but I have God inside me. And if I just listen to him, if I just follow his direction, I will be doing what he wants me to do. And I will be glorifying him in my life. And so I, I urge you, I encourage you to, to, to forget about the list, forget about all these things we have to do. You know, I do want you to come to church. Yeah, you know, but, you know, all these little things that we, have, we feel like we have to do, and just listen to God. Listen to him and let him lead us to where we need to go. Um, so those, those things, you know, that God may fulfill his power, that God may help us to do his work for him, uh, all these things we have to do and that we may become worthy of him are things that are so important for us in order for us to glorify him in our life. And the last thing is that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, is what it says, in us. You know, how is Jesus glorified in us? How do we do this? How do we glorify God in us? And, and the biggest way, the most important way, is that we turn our life over to him. We stop living for ourselves, we start living for God, and we start giving him the glory in everything we do. You know, the first thing is, is just like taking that old bathroom, tearing out all that old stuff and bringing in the new stuff. All that old stuff in our life is what we've had since we, we first came into this world. And Jesus wants us to rip all that out and fill it with him. 
fill that empty space that's full of all these weird things and fill it with God. Fill it with his love and, and everything. It says, you know, our longing in the, in the world should be first to, to know him and to have a relationship with him and love him above all things. And next, to see his glory, his message, his name proclaimed around the world. And, and I think we're blessed to be in a, in a body of believers here that, that, that we emphasize that. You know, first, knowing God, knowing him as our Lord and Savior, and then taking it beyond these walls into our neighborhoods, into other parts of the, the world, Guatemala and Moldova, and all these places that, that our church has been, had a hand in. God is using us to glorify him among the nations. And, and even if you don't go, just, to, just by prayer and support, that does so much to spread his word throughout, throughout the world. God is sovereign. God's name is going to be known throughout the world, no matter what. But God made us. He created us just like he created that star in the heaven, that beautiful thing. He created us for a purpose. Not just to be looked at and say, hey, that's nice. But to do something and to live for him and to glorify him in our actions and our deeds. So those are the, the, the four things that, that are pretty primarily said here, that, that we're made worthy of his calling that we fulfill every resolve for good, that we fulfill every work by faith and power, and that the Lord Jesus will be glorified in you. And, and those four things do bring him glory. And, and finally, the last thing it says, if you look at the, the, the end of the verse, it says, in verse 12, it says, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we are to glorify him. We're going to be justified. We're going to be justified. God will just justify us, and through that justification, also glorify us. But as we are transformed and brought from the darkness into the light, we see that although God is sovereign, he uses us to fulfill his purposes through our obedience. God is glorified by every decision we make. You know, when, I was a, when I first became saved, when I first knew who Jesus was and had an encounter with him, my life was more about just being saved, just being, uh, I'm not going to hell, so I'm happy with that. And that's how I was when I was a young boy. And, and as I grew up, as I became uh, aware of who Jesus truly was and, and developed a relationship with him, I knew that it was more than that. It's more than just knowing who he is, but it's something that grabs a hold of your heart so tightly that it changes who you are. When, when Jesus talks to you, when, when you talk back to him, you know that it is special. You know that it is amazing. And, and you should feel that in your life. You should feel like you're almost trapped in this joy and the satisfaction with your life that only he can give. And I pray that each of you has that because that is what it truly means to be a Christian and be a disciple and to glorify him by having him totally consume your life. Let me leave you with, with a couple of verses. Um, and this is Romans 8, 1 through 3. This just tells about, about God, about how amazing he is and what he's done for us. It says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemns sin in the flesh. There's not a better reason to glorify God than that. 
that God came. He knew what our final product should look like. He knew who we should look like. And he did it for us by sending Jesus Christ to take the place of all the, the hurtful, shameful things we've done in our life so that we can be born again and be free from so many things. He should be glorified and praised among the nations. And it's my prayer that each of you will, will just continue to, to meditate and look at those verses in Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Um, and just let God lead you in the way that you should go. Let him lead you. I, I'm starting to pray after that day, that experience with him, you know, to be obedient in everything. If anybody's got my prayer card, that's what I write, that I will be obedient. Because so many times I fail when I know I should have done this or that for God. And, and it's easy to do. But God just wants us to listen and follow him. And, and so as we close, and we're going to have a short little video after I finish, but, but Jesus left these words to his disciples. And I want to leave these with you as well. And, and it says here, John 16, 12 through 15, it says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. And what Jesus is saying here is that, that he's given us that great gift, that great gift of, of himself, of his spirit inside of us, living inside of us to, to guide us and to shape us and to mold us into who we need to be. And if we just listen to his voice, we will do his will and we will glorify him in everything that we do. He is our God. He is our Savior. He is our King. Let's pray. Father God, we are so blessed by you by the amazing God that you are and the fact that you are the one true God and there is no one greater than you, Lord, and there never will be. That you will be the same as you were then, as you are now, and as you will be forever. And that you are sovereign over everything. No matter what we say, no matter what we do, your will will be done. But how much better, how much sweeter will that be in our lives if we are a part of it, if we listen to you, God, and follow you and glorify you in everything that we do. God, I know there are many in this room that that do not know you, Lord, or or maybe think they know you, as I did when I was younger. I thought that I knew you, Lord. But we just had head knowledge. We just knew that you were Jesus and that you were our Savior, and that's what we were told from our mom and our dad, God. But we need to all have that that firsthand encounter, that firsthand faith that each of us can have and can only have through you and through your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, I pray that your spirit will just speak to each one of us as we watch this video coming up, Lord, and then as we sing the benediction song, Lord, that you will just reach into all of our hearts, Lord, and have us know you as God, as Lord and Savior. God, I invite everyone in this congregation, if they have anything they want to lay at your feet, Lord, that they will come to this altar and pray to you, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness and ask for your guidance and ask that we may glorify you in everything we do. In your name we pray, amen.